0: Hey guys, it's Luli. Welcome back to Trauma and Healing Go Hand in Hand. Happy Father's Day. Happy Fourth of July. Happy birthday to me since I turned 26 last month. And I don't really know if we have a holiday this month. I know I've been behind on my episodes and I apologize for that. Again, so much has happened in the last three months. I'm going to give you the recap and then I will go down by down, one by one, and explaining. It. Around Labor Day, Labor Day, right? That's the one in May, I think? No, Memorial Day, sorry. Get those two mixed up and where they are. My mom called to inform me that she would need open heart surgery again. That something in her heart was failing her and she didn't know what it was. Honestly, I kind of figured this would come at some point. I just didn't think it would come when I'm 2,000 miles away. I know that not being there for her, at least right away hurt and then June came along and she went into open-heart surgery the weekend of the 14th it's, it was the longest week of my life because they kept changing her surgery around and you know we had we were all there we had to be there crying to God that you know nothing bad happened that is the first main event in life that just happened. Then I got really sick right after that. Like I couldn't move my back hurt. I was on brought back to my antibiotics because I couldn't know what was causing the pain. They thought it was my appendix, but I didn't need appendix surgery. So, hey, good for that, no? That's the second one. And the third one is I turned 26. And a lot changed, I guess. And then recently, they called me to inform me my father, or the person we call my father, got run over by a car, and it is now currently in a wheelchair. So lest I said it, I will put a, tra- a trigger warning in here just in case something I say does trigger someone. Um, but do listen to the story with the caution, and listen as much as you can. I miss talking to you guys. Sitting here and talking to you guys is one of the things that I enjoy the most. It's just life got so crazy that I couldn't keep up with my schedule that I promised I would do. I'm going to try to keep a better hold on that, I promise. So, the first one. My mom needing a heart, open heart surgery. I was seven or eight the first time my mom had a, a heart attack. I think. More likely closer to seven than eight. And then two years after that, she had a brain stroke. And the right side of her body completely stopped working. And my mom couldn't remember me or who I was. She confused me for my older sister. But I digress. And I'm going to tell you that those moments in my life, as a little kid, you don't really completely understand them. But I held my breath then. And listening to doctors tell me that my mother was constantly living on borrowed time wasn't fun for me. You know, I I hated it. But I understood that she was on borrowed time because she had a metal valve in her heart. She had that surgery the first time around two or three years prior to having me. I think she had it in nineteen ninety four and then she had me in nineteen ninety seven. Give or take three two to three years. You know, I didn't know that I could lose my mom until then. And then a couple of years later she had another um, heart attack. And then it got really bad around 2017, right around the time my son was born. She got a gallbladder infection that caused issues in her heart because it caused gestational gestational diabetes. Gestational diabetes, as surprising as this may be to all, all of you guys, is not just for pregnant people. Gestational diabetes can happen with anything. I didn't know that until my mother got her gallbladder removed and then she had diabetes. And she got really sick and she was in a hospital for two years straight. From 2018 to 20, 2017 to 2019, my mother was in the hospital in and out of it constantly for long periods of time. She lived in Virginia then with my sisters. When um, she went back home to Miami. And then she started getting sick last year in 2022. But, you know, she's hard-headed. She's Hispanic. So she thinks she's invincible and that nothing can kill her. Though I can tell you from personal experience, my mother has more lives than a cat. Because the few times that she's gotten really sick and... She's had to have major procedures done. Uh, The doctors had a very high chance that she wouldn't be alive, and you know, she came back and in one piece. Uh, I think last year, or the year before that, in the, the last two recent years, my mom had a mini brain stroke that also caused another issue. So to explain it, my mom had to get her metal valve replaced and then had a small hole in another artery in her heart that's at least what the doctor got from the doctor, and he explained it to me. They're gonna, they were going to take and remove the metal artery, or valve, sorry, out of her heart and repair the little hole she had in the other artery, and then also fix something else. She had, like, three different problems within her heart. They fixed two out of the three. Mind you, they were already in there. For me, I thought maybe, hey, you know, you guys are already in there, already, you know, flatlining her. Might as well just fix everything so she doesn't have to go back in. My siblings could be there. I obviously couldn't because... As a grown adult, and a responsible one, I had responsibilities and things that I needed to do. For the second part of the surgery anyway. Um, she had complications after. My mother is on her medical chart. She cannot have morphine. Though morphine was the only thing that would help her with pain, doctors gladly gave it to her without reading her medical notes. And obviously it caused issues, it caused her to have memory loss, short term memory loss. She couldn't remember when, what year she was in and stuff like that, and that. For someone that knew she couldn't have that medication, it got me mad, and I told my sister, either handle it or I will. As her medical proxy, I have the power to remove you from the room if I need to. I didn't though, because that would have caused another problem that I didn't really want to have with my siblings. As it was, we weren't really talking, and we were going at each other's throats. The complication was that they had to remove the tubing in her body that was draining whatever excess fluid or liquid was not meant to be in her body from the surgery. When they went in, they realized that the doctor had nicked it while closing her up. Mind you, this doctor has been doing surgeries practically 10 to 20 years. I don't know; I didn't really get personally get to meet her doctor for many reasons. But from my understanding, he's been he was a really good surgeon. So, but I thought we could trust them. They went in, tried taking out the tubing; they couldn't, so they put in another one to completely finish the draining, and then that caused her pain, and she had to be sedated for long periods of time. And I got mad, and I lost. No, excuse my French, my shit. I lost my shit and I started cursing at everybody in the room and I was like, fix it or I will. Not by I would go into the surgery room with her and try to do it myself. No, as in the fact that I would, you know, find a better doctor. And I knew that then that I had to leave because I was going to be a dick to everybody in the room and I didn't want to. You know, when it comes to my mom, I'm very protective because I practically have almost lost her my entire life. And she is the only parent, the only caring parent I have in my life. Though is my relationship with my mother the best? No. Do we get along? No, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Because she can't, you know, there's the guilty conscience that she has about what happened to me and the fact that I have trauma based on growing up the way I did. She can't get over it. And as someone that is trying to heal from that, you know, you you can't just sit there and dwell on it. Because it's not going to change it. Is it going to give me back the 15 plus years of my life that I lost? No, is it going to give me back my dreams, my hopes, my innocence? No, it's not. So as a grown adult at 26, well, 25 then, 26 now, I don't need it and I don't want to talk about it and I don't want to sit here and dwell on it. Though yes, I sit and talk to you guys about it and tell you what I can, that's different. I want to help somebody out there that might be going through the same thing and feels alone. So... I laughed and I ran and I'm not proud that I ran, but I laughed because I couldn't deal with it. I knew that I was going to end up committing a felony and I was going to end up in jail and I didn't want to do that. And I promised my mother would never hurt any of her kids for being smart asses. So I walked away and I laughed. But again, I digress. They didn't understand why I was so angry, you know, you're, we're trusting compared to those strangers to operate on my mother. And I was like, guys, she is going through open heart surgery. This is not something you guys could be make fun of or make a joke out of. It's not funny, you know? My sisters had a thing to tell me that I couldn't be there because I was an asshole, because I didn't care. You know, at the end of the day, I put myself first, my mental health, my, my personal space, and I won't sacrifice it for anyone. No one in my life gets to take my peace, my mental health and my happiness from me. No one. So they reop. I couldn't be there for the second part of it, which is they had to reopen her up and take out the tubing and fix whatever whatever damage the liquid that was in her body had caused. And you know, I couldn't be there. And again, my sister started giving me a new one over the phone. I didn't let it get to me. I didn't care. You know, at the end of the day, sometimes to protect our our happiness and our peace, we have to be assholes. And for someone that that's someone that has to learn that the hard way, I had to. I'm telling you, it is okay to do that. It is okay to set boundaries. It's okay to set. Lines, even though a lot of people might not agree with that. Am I going to sit here and tell you that everybody in your life is going to agree with it? No, because I'll be, I'll be completely and totally lying to you. At the end of the day, it is your choice whether you protect your own peace and happiness. Because no one can help you there. No one can protect you from it, you know what I mean? The second thing is, I got very sick. I got so sick, I couldn't get out of bed. My back was hurting so bad. I was coughing, It was a lot of physical pain. I had really bad, sharp pain going down my right side from the front part of my stomach all the way to my back. It got to the point where I was retaining, I guess, liquid and my spine was swelling. I don't know what caused it, I can't tell you. Because to this day, my doctor still can't find out what caused it, you know? It's scary because I I started to feel or lose more sensation in my legs than I already don't feel, you know what I mean? Because as it is, I don't really feel much on my legs. And then I lost sensation in them, and I was worried and scared that I was going to end up in a wheelchair again. I didn't want to. I really didn't. I promised you, I didn't. But it happens sometimes. You know what's scary about all this, is that though medically they couldn't find out what was wrong, I knew something was wrong. You no, know, sometimes as people we, we know that something is wrong and our staff, medical staff, can't figure out what's wrong. They did blood work, they did x rays, C T scans, everything, and they couldn't find what's wrong. So they put me on broad spectrum antibiotics and very heavy sedative sedative kind of medication to the point where I can't really drive right now because of the medication I'm on. The pain is almost completely gone, it just hurts my lower back now, but you know, that's normal when you get your period it hurts. Sorry about that. That's so much information for some people. It humbled me because it made my body slow down and put me in a situation where I had to physically slow myself down. And for someone that has, you know, two jobs, a child, and is going back to school in a couple of weeks, it is not easy to slow down and it's not easy to stop and think and be like, hey, wait, stop, hold up, give me a minute. And they put me on bed rest for a week. And then they put, um, when the third time that I went to the hospital, because of the medication that they gave me was giving me a bad reaction, they put me on bed rest for two days so all in all from the middle of june all the way to the end of right now in july i've been to the hospital three times back to back to back the first time they poked me so much that i probably looked like i was getting abused or i was a heroin addict because i had like six needle marks three needle marks on my left arm three needle marks on my right arm it was horrible the last time they they put an iv in me i told the guy straight i looked at him straight in the face and told him you either find my vein or you will not poke me and after this i will be going home they were using the little vein machine or whatever. I don't know what they call it. They call it, I think, an MRI for veins or a ultrasound for veins. One of those two fancy terminology that they use there. I was angry because I was in a lot of physical pain and they weren't listening to me. It was scary to know that I was in that much physical pain. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I was scared that it was going to be my appendix and that I was going to have to have it removed. The first time I went to the hospital, I got there at like 8 or 7 p.m. at night and didn't leave until the next day at 6 a.m. I'm not gonna tell you how badly I was scared, how much it triggered me. I don't like hospitals and I grew up in them because of my mom and because of me, because of my weak immune system. I didn't, I don't like them. If I can completely avoid them, trust me, I will. But sadly, we can't do that. You know, when we have kids, when we get sick, when we break something, we need the emergency room. So I didn't like it, but I went. The second time I went to the hospital for the same thing, it was a short visit, like, well, no, I went with my doctor. And then he gave me pain medication and put me on restrictions for work. And the third time, in the last final time that I was in the hospital, it was a very short visit for one reason, one reason only. I went in, I told him that the pain medication was making me foggy, brain fogginess, slurring my words, very hard for me to get up on my own. I needed help to walk and all this. They're like, I think there's some medication, so we're going to change it and see how you do. They gave me a pain medication that completely put me to sleep. So I went from being drowsy feeling like I was drunk all the time to completely falling asleep. Not easy to do when you work 12-hour shifts and you work at night, but we digress. Honestly, I was scared. And for someone that doesn't fear anything in her life, I don't fear heights, I don't fear anything like that. Maybe scary movies, but again, that's not really a fear, that's just I don't like them because they give me nightmares. But I don't fear much in my life. I was scared then. I was scared that I was going to end up in a wheelchair again because the pain started spreading in the lower part of my legs and I was I was terrified. As it is, I already depend on a lot of people to get to work, to get to my groceries, to get to the mall, to so when I have to do something, I depend on other people because since my accident in April, I haven't been able to get a car. They do not tell you how expensive it is to own a car nowadays because the market has changed a lot. Like, housing markets and car markets are really expensive right now. So I haven't been able to get a car. But... I'll figure it out at the end of the day. I always do. And you know what? It's okay. I have learned to slow down. It's not easy for me because I like going 100 miles an hour. And though, yes, I've told you guys to slow down, I haven't been able to. One of my friends recently pointed out that he thinks I'm depressed because I am so depressed that I am physically making myself sick. Then that can happen. I I don't know if I am. I've been talking to my th- I actually went back to therapy. I guess another major thing I I could tell you guys about. I went back to therapy because of my anxiety was getting pretty bad, my social anxiety was getting pretty bad. You know, I want to be able to have a normal life, not fear going outside or having a conversation with someone. And honestly, I was happy. As happy as I could be anyway. Um What else? I know that to a lot of people I'm just special I guess. I don't really talk about what happens because it's not easy for me. I am not proud that I always learn, know that I can keep my feelings to myself, unless I'm talking to you guys. And that's why I'm catching you guys up on my life events. What else? Maybe therapy. Did I want to go back to therapy? No. But I had to, because my anxiety and my PTSD were getting to the point where I didn't want anyone in my space, where I didn't want to talk to anyone, where I was scared, where where I started shaking while I was out in public in a room full of people. And I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that's easy because it's not. Talking about it makes me uncomfortable. But hey, this podcast is about getting out of your comfort zone, listening to stories that maybe, just maybe, will help you. Help someone out there to realize that they're not alone with whatever they're going through. And like I always say, it is okay not to be okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to fear healing. Just because we heal, it doesn't mean that our trauma didn't happen. It just means we're okay with it now. And then we can sit here and have a full-blown conversation about it. And it doesn't scare you, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, for anything, I'm always here. I'm always going to be here. If you guys want to tell me your stories or talk to me or comment on something, I will always be here. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's hard to remember that, that I'm not completely alone, that I have people in my life that care for me, that want to be there that love me for me or that make me smile in the most funniest of ways. I still have my safe people, like I told you sometime before. My, sorry, my group of friends has gotten smaller. My, My safe people have also gotten smaller, and I'm okay with that. You know, at the end of the day, you become, you come to terms with it. And it's not easy to come to terms with that. I'm not going to lie. And I've learned to be happy on my own. I'm smiling more. I'm laughing more and I'm okay with being alone. Though, yes, it's surprising because a couple months ago I told you that I wanted to find someone. But don't ever rush into something. Because it will make you feel better. It's not, I promise. I know that therapy helped me because she showed me some grounding exercises. And she's talked. she's taught me to... Reset boundaries in my life. And be okay with that. You know what I mean? And honestly, I'm happy that I could do it without it scaring me. And me making me feel like I'm not healing again. Or wanting to run to something that I shouldn't. I almost wanted to drink again, and I'm not proud of it, but I think I I needed to understand that it happens sometimes. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's easy, because it, does, it's, it never gets easier, and you just learn to be okay with it. And you wanna know something? I I have learned that with time you can get better. And though you might have some relapses like I just did, that I can tell you that my PTSD and my social anxiety and anxiety in general has gotten really, really bad. But I'm getting there to being okay again. And it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to feel like you can't breathe sometimes. And that's okay. The last bit of it that I don't really want to talk about is when they called me to inform me that my father had gotten ran over by a car. My aunt called me while I was out and about I was doing some stuff, my aunt from my mom's side anyway, and it hurt because, look, I know I talk about my trauma and I talk about everything, but I don't particularly care about my father. I don't. I never have. And if that makes me selfish, alright, cool, I'm selfish. But you want to know why? He got away with it he got away with it because I was so scared that I thought that he could do something to hurt me and everybody in my life and it didn't help me at the end of the day I was just angry with the world my aunt called me to let me know hey look um, your dad's in the hospital and you know we he got under by her car he has nails in his legs and all this and I was like okay why do I care? She's like, you know, he's your father. I'm like, no, I only have one parent and that's my mom. That's my answer to her. And if we're done having this conversation, I'm done talking to you and I clicked on her. I didn't care. A Couple of days out, I called my mom that today and told her, hey, look, this happened. I thought you should know. It's not my business, I don't care. But, you know, it's up to you. And she wanted to talk about what happened and I didn't want to talk about it. So I told her, look, I love you. I'm busy, I gotta go, bye. And then, My sister called me to ask me for my aunt's number from his, dad, my side, my dad's side, because she wanted to talk to her about what was going on and see how my dad was doing. And I told her I was at work. I would give you the number that I have, and if she doesn't answer, well, I'll call you back. And I clicked on her. <clears throat> I have avoided talking about it because it hurts. Because why? Why should I care that that? You know, he's alive while I'm breathing. Sorry if that sounds mean. It's just, it hurt, you know, and I I thought I could get over and I did. I forgave him, don't get me wrong, but that does not, not by any means say that I want him back in my life because that gives them power to do it all over again. And at 26, if he ever tried that again, I would drop kick him on his ass and would hurt him to the point where it would probably be considered assault or battery. One of the two. But that again, that's anger that I have pinned up. It's not gonna work. Talk, hurt, hurting that person won't get me anywhere. My mom recently called me to tell me again some more stuff about it, like that my my aunt from my dad said I called her and told the hospital that my father had a wife and a daughter that they could watch him, that could care for him. And I, mind you, my parents have been divorced since I was eighteen. And then a daughter, I looked around and was like, a daughter where? I have one parent, and that's you. And she goes like, yeah, I know. He showed up to the house twice. Your brother kicked him out your brother just can't deal with her. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes like, well, mind you, this brother of mine has lived with her for a couple years now. He's never acknowledged the fact that it happened. He's never talked about it. He's acted like it doesn't matter. And I realized that at that moment in time, my mom told me that he he could never forgive my father for what he did. She understood her need to have him in her life he just didn't understand. He didn't understand why my mom wanted to keep my father in her life. To a lot of people, I can tell you from my personal experience, my mother's relationship with my father is very toxic. It's very how do I say this? Very codependent kind of situation. It's not healthy. But every time I bring it up, I get my my head chewed off. So you know what? I don't I don't say anything. I really don't. It's not my place to remind her that that relationship is extremely toxic. I'm a grown adult and so is she. She makes her own choices and make mine. Hence why I'm 2,000 miles away. Should I probably sit and process those feelings? I am. That's why I'm talking to you guys today. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's okay. It's not. I was angry and I did, you know, set boundaries and I clicked and I haven't talked about it since. And I haven't talked to her since. But... It's gotten to the point where I, I don't know what to do anymore because they don't respect my boundaries and I, I can't really block them out of my life because, you know, she's my mother. And blocking them would cause me not to know what's going on with anyone over there. Back home, I mean, like her, if my brothers need something, if, if something is wrong or whatever. So, I can't really cut them out of my life. But with all in time, all in good time, I will. Just slowly stop answering and I'll protect the peace that I'm so happy that I haven't found. One more thing before I sign off with you guys. My advice to you is to set boundaries. A lot of people might not like the fact that you set boundaries, but I can promise you that that is okay. It is okay to set boundaries. It is okay to feel like you can't breathe sometimes. But you know what? You're not alone in that matter. I can tell you from personal experience that sometimes it's hard for me to breathe. Guys, just take it one day at a time. And recently I started saying if it makes you happy, it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else but you. I promise you, it gets easier. You will feel better again. You will be whole one more time in your life. If you guys need some advice, let me know. I'm going to leave you with a quote. A quote that might help you. Love yourself enough to set boundaries. Your time and energy are precious and you get to decide how you use them. You teach people how to treat you by deciding what you will and won't accept and Taylor, at least that's who said it. If someone in your life throws a fit because you're setting boundaries, that's evidence that that boundary was needed, okay? Slow down if you need to, take a break, disconnect from the world if you need to, it is okay. And that's weird coming from someone that doesn't know how to do it. And again, I'm always here if you want to talk, I'll listen. If you want to tell me your story or write it in, I'm more than happy to write it, to read it for someone, for everybody and give you advice on it. You are stronger than you look and feel. You are not broken by any means. And though yes, you have trauma, it doesn't define who you are as a person today. You're very beautiful, so don't ever forget that. Thank you for joining me today in trauma and healing go hand in hand. I'm happy that I could finally sit down and talk to you guys again. And I promise, along the way, that healing won't hurt as bad anymore. Well, guys, enjoy the rest of your week or weekend. Be safe out there. Bye for now.